this is Andy. I'm very excited to finally present this new show called Where You Want Me. The purpose is to give all of you guys a deep, deep perspective into what it really means to be a missionary, why I'm loving it so much, why I would always recommend it to anyone who's asking, and why it's just amazing being, being exactly where, where God wants us to be. So just for a little, little outlook, the, the show for every episode is going to be split into two parts. The, the first part is going, to be, it's going to consist of myself. I'm going to be kind of explaining a little bit on what I've been doing the last couple of weeks. And then the second part is actually going to be an interview in where I interview someone that has either been a past or present missionary and kind of ask them questions, see you know, where they went, what they've been doing, why, why they loved it so much and what areas they've grown, and obviously why they, they recommend it to, to someone else. So, many times, it's funny because the question that, that went along many times was, what's, what's your why? You know, why, why are you doing this? And, and, and what works is that whenever you come to any decision you make, you have to ask, why am I doing this? What's going on? So I remember whenever I was, I was in the process of discerning of, of, of whether doing the mission year or not or, or going to college after high school, I, I just I realized, what is it that God wants me to do? I knew that I was at the age where I had to ask that question for the first time in my life, you know? I, I had the realization of, okay, I'm not going to go to the same school next fall. I'm graduating this coming May, and I knew that something is going to change. So that's when the question came, God, what do you want me to do? And I just, I just remember it being a crazy experience. And so part of the reason of this, of this show is being able to, you know, tell that story. So I've known about the Regnum Christi Mission Corps program for many years now, being friends with many guys who, who chose to give a year or two. And I remember any time I asked them, they would always say this, this same phrase over and over again. They would say, it's, it's more like getting a year instead of giving one. And I remember as an eighth grader, I had absolutely no idea what that meant. As time went on, more friends became missionaries, and I met many more through, through camps, retreats, and other Regnum Christi events. When it came to apply for colleges, I remember the mission year being at the very back of my mind. I had, I had this huge plan of, of, of going to college and being this successful father that had the, the biggest house and, and everything, you know, and I just know that the creativity went on and on and on. The sky was the limit for me, you know. Then all of a sudden, I just remember that something changed. And that change came with a change in my spiritual life, actually. So sometime in the fall of my senior year, there was an ECYD retreat. And I met two of the missionaries of that year from, from Louisiana, actually. And so I just remember that the entire time that I was with them, I was asking them questions and listening to, to all these different stories that they had to say. And what stood out to me was just this idea, you know, just following God and following what he wants to do. And they could have totally cared less on on, you know, getting started in their life and getting a degree or doing all these different things that, you know, I had wanted for myself. They were so happy to, 
to drive all the way from, from New Orleans just to meet these kids that they would never see again, just to accompany them and, and show them the the happiness, the joy that they've received. And I just remember this was like a this was like a mind blowing experience. I was like, why would why would somebody do this? I was like all all these different questions of, of why, why, why going through my mind. And then little by little, you know, the the, the idea started to, to form. I was like, is this is this gonna be my story also? Is this what I'm gonna be doing whenever 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 I finish high school? So I was I was definitely just impacted by by these two guys. They were only a year older than I was and they were they were just so much more prepared for life than I knew I could have been. So I was definitely definitely impacted. Then came the prayer. I remember the next two months after that, which was through November and December, everything was just was crazy. I tried imagining what not going to college the next fall and getting all stressed with applications and then not even being able to take an, a, an, ACT, an, AC, an SAT and still having these big goals for myself. I remember being in the chapel one day and just asking God to, to send me where he wanted me the most. I asked him to place me where he knew I could grow. And then I remember after a combination of, of, of spiritual direction, adoration, conversation with friends and family, I knew deep down in my heart that, that this was for me. And I just remember going through all these different, you know, paths of different options and, and solutions and ways that I could go around this. But I knew this was, this was where I was going to go. And I remember that once I made this decision of saying, okay, I'm going to do this, I had the biggest feeling of peace and tranquility and, and happy, happiness that I just knew had to be pursued. You know this happiness of 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 following Jesus's Jesus's will for you. I it's it's still even hard to explain, but it's it it was just one of the craziest feelings that I've ever had in my entire life. So going into our summer training course, I was just always so excited to meet everybody and and just and just get this going because I knew that this was you know this was God's plan for me, and I knew I was like I remember saying. And thinking, how many other people can can say for a fact that they're following God's plan for them today? So I was always very, very happy and, and excited. So so far, it's been it's been great. You know, I've been in Washington D.C. for a couple months. Um, our youth team consists of of two priests, Francisco, I, my missionary partner, and myself. So together we we run five LTP clubs, which stands for the Leadership Training Program. So the Leadership Training Program is an adaptation of ECYD here in the D.C., Baltimore, and Virginia areas. It was created to reach children and help them encounter Christ the same way that I had done when I was in Conquest since middle school. But it's interesting because since the majority of the families are either government officials or politicians or somewhere in that spectrum of of the of the I guess the social social life it's so much easier to actually promote a program that trains their children to be Christian leaders in the modern world so that's kind of the way our way in if that makes sense so it's it's really cool to see the way how ECYD can branch and adapt just to fit the needs of of people so again coming coming into Washington I'd never heard of LTP before, and that's all everybody would probably like, oh, yeah, I do do this LTP club. 
since I was, you know, five years old and now I've, I've moved on and it's been great. And I'm like, oh, okay, never heard of that before. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting because it's also a little different. Um, we have mentors and juniors. So our, our mentors consist of the, the middle schoolers. So fifth, sixth, seventh and eighth grade. And then we have the juniors, which are, you know, fourth grade all the way down to second grade and even some first graders. So the way we run it here is that we'll have the mentors, you know, um, and we'll give them a little sheet of paper with a little story and some questions on a virtue, and we'll have them read it to the juniors and, you know, force these mentors to become real mentors for them. So it's, it's amazing to see how these kids can, can adapt, you know, by just by giving them this opportunity to be a leader, they take it and they take it well. So it's 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 been great to see how they 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 form into leaders and how they can become leaders throughout the rest of of their lives. So I know two two events so far that have been really impactful and it's been the the family campout and the father and son campout. It's they were both at our own campsite called Castleton out in the middle of Virginia. <laughs> Um, but it's great. It's great because we, we, we own the property so we can do anything we want with it. We can, you know, it's, it's ours. So it's, it's amazing. Um, so at these camps, we could, we, we invited these families so they could come and really experience Christ, but at the same time with their brothers, their sisters, their, their dads. So it was, it was amazing. You know, I just remember seeing this, this dad, um, one night we were at the, we were at our bonfire. And we were having a, a night mass, and I'd never done that before, so it was really cool. But I remember for, for a moment, I, I looked to the side, and I see this, this kid who's maybe asleep, maybe half awake, <laughs> paying attention. And, but he was sitting with his dad, like, in his lap. And, you know, just the way the dad was, was like, holding him and, like, making sure that he was warm and, and everything was all right in the middle of the, the mass and the bonfire and the rest of the night, I was just, I was just impacted. I was like, Wow. You know, this guy, like, he, he wanted to take time out of his weekend, or his whole weekend, just to come with his kid, and and it's, and they're all having an, an amazing experience. And so it was just impacting to see how people care for the ones that they love. So I was, I was, I was impacted, and, you know, I loved also seeing, seeing all these kids play dodgeball with their dads and against their dads, and, and I don't know, I, I was reminded of all the times that I went to father and son campouts with with my brothers and my dad and and it just made me realize like you know how fast the time goes by you know how crazy things can get in our life but really the thing that unites us is the unity and the relationship that we form with Christ so it's very very impactful definitely just the way that all of these things kind of go together and it doesn't really matter how old you are you can be an eight-year-old boy or you can be a 45-year-old dad bringing your kid and you can still encounter Christ. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter where you are in life. We always need Christ. So it's, it's, it's inspiring for sure. And it gives us good energy to keep going. And, and it's, it's worth it. You know, we get to see all these kids later after these events. And they're telling us, hey, like, I had such a good time. When are we doing this again? I'm like, hey, well, spring. And they're like, oh, man, I can't believe it. I had such a good time. Well, let me know whenever we're doing this again. 
so it's just it's crazy because little by little you see you start seeing those fruits of these experiences with not only the kids but with the dads too because then we form relationships with the families so it's it's so holistic it's it's whole and that's that's what's the best part of this because so far throughout this experience there's nothing that's had a loose end you know everything goes full circle you know at the end of the day whenever we whenever we get to see Christ before we go to sleep in in adoration that's where it comes full circle we get to throw him out everything that's going on in our heart and just be be able to realize that we need him and we can say you know today was a crazy day today I did this today I did that but it's all for you so everything that you've given me I give it back to you so that's just been one of the um you know some of the personal prayers that I that have helped me throughout this time um but it's been it's been amazing I we're not even not even halfway through and still seeing how how impactful it is and we're all just so excited to to keep this going for sure So for this next section, we're now moving on to the interview. So for our interview today, I'm going to be talking with a close friend of mine, Jose, who is a two-year missionary in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio. So, what's going on, Jose? Not much, man. I'm just uh, chilling at home here. My work desk. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, to start things off, so tell me, where did you work and for how much time? So, I got stationed in Cincinnati, Ohio for two years. From uh, 2018, um, well, till it was cut short in 2020 due to our friend COVID. Okay, awesome. And then how 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 did you like it? Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it's right now I'm in college and kind of living the college life, and as much as I enjoy myself, I mean, it's nothing compared to my time as a missionary. Mm. I was just so happy and so free and got to do so many awesome things and help a lot of people. So, it was a uh, an uncomparable part of my life for sure. awesome um what what was your what was your day-to-day like you know like what time did you wake up what time did you go to bed all the things in between you know like day-to-day what was what was what was a day in the like of in the life of of jose um so cincinnati's kind of really diverse in what they do it kind of revolves around uh, a camp in uh oldenburg indiana so it's about two hours west of or or like an hour 15 west of where we live and so every weekend we're out at that camp kind of doing some sort of retreat whether it's for ecyd or just like a um it was a uh confirmation retreat or you know something faith-based and i was the mc over the camp for those two years uh so whenever it was camp time my job was essentially to kind of like be the leader of the group um be the face of the camp and just kind of be fun loving Jose and kind of you know get things going get people excited um and then during the week there was a lot of things um Sunday nights I'd participate in a youth group uh and all the other missionaries would have their own youth group they'd kind of help out with be a core team member at during the week uh one day we'd 
go to a school. Wednesdays, we'd go to a Reagan Christie school called Royamont, kind of help out there, have lunch with the guys, and then maybe do an uh, uh, ECYD team meeting that day. There was one. And then what else? Um, yeah, we just had a lot of... Well, we also had a lot of um, encounter groups. So uh, for those that don't know, it's essentially Reagan Christie members or ECYD members that get together and do a Bible study and just kind of spend time with each other and have that fellowship uh, during the week. So that's just a few of the things that I kind of was was involved in during that time. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. So, and I guess I guess a, a big thing that you know during during our summer course that they that they asked us was you know remember remember your why. So a big thing that they asked was why why do a second year? You know why? What's what's that? Um. So yeah, I do. I know the norm is to just do one year. But it's interesting. Most people kind of make that decision um, either, like, at the end of their first year, sometimes even, like, once their first year is over. <laughs> uh, however, I made that decision within the first two months of, of uh, my first year, actually. Um, mm. Essentially, I, w- I, w- I was just in, in the chapel... And I had rem- I was just remembering all those times the fathers like kind of like jokingly were like oh second year da 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 da, um just kind of poking fun or whatever because I don't know that was just kind of like the joke like oh you're gonna do a second year right, um, and they were just joking but in my head for some reason I took it completely seriously I was like shoot is that something that I want I don't know maybe I'm being called to that. And I was just, like, so tormented by this idea. I was like, no, I'm going to be so old as a freshman. Da, da, da. <laughs> oh, I was not into it. But the more I thought about it, I was like, okay. Well, I am having the time of my life right now. Why would I want that to be cut short? Like, that just did not make sense. And I, it was also, like, the most rewarding work I feel like I was going to get to do in life, aside from being a parent. Um, I was like, I, I might as well have this have this or use this opportunity while while I can um and the more I thought about it I was like shoot well I get to I'll get to go into college like even more mature and um and yeah just be able to to perform even better then so I I really didn't see anything holding me back so I thought might, might as well stay I mean <laughs> um when you're having the time in your life why why would you end it early yeah for sure wow that's awesome so going going back to you, you said you know you you were kind of scared of of going to college, being super old compared to to everyone else. So what what's what's that like? You know you're you're supposed to be a senior, um, but but you're actually a sophomore. So what's what's that like compared to you know everyone else who's nineteen or twenty? Uh, in the simplest sense of it, people are always like, "Hey, so you're a senior, right?" And I'm like, "Hey, no, <laughs> I just look like I'm thirty because I got a big old beard." <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, it was a little weird coming in freshman year. I like, everyone looked like they were a child and I know that I just look old, even though I'm really not that old, but it was a little difficult to connect at first. But once I got out of my own head, out of my own pride, I was like, wait, this really isn't that weird. My past two years, anytime I was working with high school, this was like the level of age of children that I was working with. Um, I thought about it, I was like, hey, I was just hanging out with those guys anyway and talking to them about Jesus a little bit here and there. So, um, 
that once I started thinking like that, it opened myself up and I just started to make the most awesome friends ever, just as if I were any age. Um, and plus it really only is two years. So it's kind of dumb to think, oh man, there's going to be this huge difference. Um, which in a lot of ways there, there was, uh, as far as maturity and just like general idea of where you're going in life. Um, but it, it wasn't something, it wasn't enough to cause a okay. huge rift in okay. my ability nice. to make relationships at school. So how, how has your experience shaped the way you are now as a person? You know, what's, what's, what's the difference with, with, with who Jose is today and who Jose would have been if he didn't do these two years? Oof. <laughs> uh, I don't know why you're asking that. No, I do. Um, I, 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 uh, often think about this question and I am it's it's very scary to think about who Jose would be today had he not done those two years um senior year I was just not a very studious person not because I never cared about grades I just I don't know I just I was never really much of a a very good student I, I didn't have the skills I guess um, also had a lot of ADD, which made it very difficult for me to focus on anything. Um, anyways, that's besides the point. Um, it seemed like, uh, morally I was also kind of going down a, um, a complacent route. Like, oh, you know what, whatever, it's fine. You know, I can, I can do these things. It probably won't hurt me that bad. Um, and I, that Jose just wasn't ready to go to college. I mean... I I also would not have... Because, I mean, I was going to have to work and go to school at the same time. And that Jose was not equipped with the perseverance, nor the fortitude, uh, nor any sort of idea as to how to do that. <laughs> um, however, after the mission year, I, I worked my butt off... Um, and I had to fundraise to work my butt off rather than getting paid for that time. And I loved it. I wasn't just working in order to receive this instant monetary thing. I learned how to work hard, as hard as I can. And I'm talking like, any missionary knows this. It's kind of crazy working like a, a full-time job because you just like, you're just there for like eight hours. As a missionary, you wake up and you start working until you go to bed. Um, and it's awesome. You enjoy it, but it's still a lot of hard work. Um, but yeah, that, that experience of just working for something greater and constantly just doing my best in everything I did completely changed my life. Nowadays, uh, I'm taking 18 credits and I work 20 plus hours a week. Um, yeah, Jose in 2018 <laughs> could not fathom that reality. And although it's not easy right now, um, I, I have to credit it all to the experiences that I had during my mission year and the fathers that I encountered. Wow, that's, and that's awesome. So still, so even though this was, this was already, you know, almost a year and a half of, ago that you were, that you were out there super far away from home, it still kind of impacts you and it's still, you still think about it and remember about it now. I'd say That's it awesome. it impacts just about every decision I make in my life, even the small things, um, my lifestyle, um, 
everything. In fact, that's why um, I'm actually planning on getting my first tattoo very soon. And that first tattoo is going to be RCMC uh, in military <laughs> print on, uh, on my ribs on my right side. So it is, it is <laughs> left such an impression in my life, I might as well put it yeah, on my body yeah. because it's basically the same thing. You just can't so see what it. Was, this, this, you might have to think about this one for a little bit, but what was the most profound or deep experience during, during those two years? You know, what was the craziest thing that, that made you, you know, turn, turn directions? You know what I mean? Yeah, um, there was a few. I'd say one over time, just from the men that I was around and the fathers that I was around, and the families, everything, I just saw all these amazing people, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I want to be like them. And I also, I also saw, um, I was I was living with a family during this time. Uh, I know we haven't gone, gone into that yet, but essentially, I lived in a host home. So it was a, a husband and wife who... All their kids had gone to college and were moved out. And especially seeing their relationship and just seeing an awesome Catholic marriage was super inspiring as well. Um, so yeah, just the all the influences I had and all the awesome, well-natured, prayerful people that I saw was very life-changing. Um, but I'd say one of the things that, that really kicked it off was ever since I was a kid, I always had this this want for closeness to God. Like, it was always there. I always just, I, I, I had this connection, and I don't know how to explain it. I just, since fifth grade, I, I, would, I couldn't go to bed without um, saying a few prayers and just laying there and just talking to God and just listening. And this was something habitual that, is that happens to this day. I, I cannot sleep without doing it. However, for all those years until I was uh, a senior in high school, I didn't really have a lot of the tools to grow that prayer life. It seems like God just kind of gave it to me because I didn't have anybody to really teach it to me. Um, mm. And, you know, I kind of got involved with, with ECYD and Conquest stuff um, towards the end of my high school experience, and I kind of learned a few things. But uh, I I was only going to weekend retreats, so every once in a while they'd kind of get to throw a little something at me. But when I got there for that training, oh boy, they <laughs> they they taught me how to pray. <laughs> I was doing thirty minute meditations every morning, and spending all this time in silence doing conscious exams at night, and having mass every day, and uh, learning all these new prayers. Um, and memorizing all this stuff and doing Gregorian chants and I was blown away, dude. I it was like it was like someone that had just been running and running and running and they were just so thirsty and they couldn't find any water and I just finally came like across this oasis and I was just drinking and drinking and drinking and I just wasn't satisfied. It, it was amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, I uh, that was an amazing experience and then. Oh boy, if I thought that was awesome, <laughs> then came the, the silent retreats yeah, um, yeah. after ignition. Mm. I mean, they, I, I can't, it's almost unfathomable that the RCMC program gets 18 and 19 year olds to spend a week in silence and prayer. Yeah. No, con- you can't talk to anybody. Um, you, you eat in silence. You, um, 
but like seven meditations a day that are that kind of go through the life of Christ and geared towards a certain theme, depending on on what the uh, what the uh, priest leading it decided. Um, anyways, that experience as well. I mean, there's no way you can come out of that without some sort of profound yeah. Uh, yeah. impact. Uh, no, I mean, I, I remember our, our spiritual exercises that we did at the end of our summer course. I mean, it was only three days, but oh my gosh. Afterwards, all, all the missionaries, we were we were all kind of on fire. Not kind of, but we were on fire. We were all so excited to go, to just leave the, the, the school. And for all good reasons, of course, you know, we were, we were like, wow, I can't wait to, to go home, spend that, that home visit, and then get right into it. And then... And now we're all we're all super excited to go to the Cheshire for ignition and then and then those spiritual exercises for six days this time. So it's I'm excited. I mean I, I think about that every once in a while, just kinda of remembering, you know, the all those different fruits and lights that come in and just like, whoa, like, you know, six days, that's that's coming up. That's gonna be it's gonna be something, you know. Yeah, man. It is it can seem a little overwhelming. I was actually a little afraid for it at yeah, the beginning. Yeah. I was like, man, those three days were hard. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but I noticed that it's really not about waiting uh, for the six or seven days to be over. Because like, obviously you want to talk. But it seems like it's more just waiting for the first three days to be over. Because after the, the third day, it's kind of smooth sailing. Because you like set into the silence mm-hmm. and you're just ready to receive. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll I I, I wanted to share a quick experience. Mm-hmm. Um, the I can't remember if it was the first time or the second time I did it, <laughs> but one of the times I did it, the the moment I real it really set in, that I was in that state of just like openness and and just uh, sensitivity to what God had to say to me. Was when I was on my way to to mass, and let me preface, I. I it's early in the morning. I've I've never been the type of guy that looks at a sunset or a sunrise and is like is blown away. Like I'm like, "Hey, that's cool, you know? That that's really cool looking, but I've never had uh it's never triggered an emotional reaction to me." Um uh, and I'm just like on my, my merry way. I'd just woken up and the sun was like almost like just finished rising. And there's just this mountain range in Cheshire. I think it's a mountain range because I'm from Texas, flat as heck. <laughs> but, like, these massive hills with these pine trees. And it had snowed the night before, so it was all this white on top of everything. And the sky was, like, bright pink and blue pastels. And the sun was just, like, there, just, like, blinding me almost. And I shed a tear. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. I've never been able to experience this type of beauty in my life. Yeah. And that was nothing compared to the to the lights and the experience I got from God talking to me during during that week. Wow. So that's just a little insight into what it's like to spend that much time in silence. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome for sure. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. So, I mean I guess switching switching gears a bit. <laughs> so, like you said, you, you said you were spending all this all this personal time with Christ, but what was what was it like spending all this time with the other missionaries, you know, from, from the, all the guys together at, at the summer course and then at Cheshire and then the transition course and then, you know, your, the missionaries that you're working with while you're actually kind of in your flow of things? How, how was that like? Um, so whenever anybody asks me for advice, when, it, when it's like coming from a, 
from missionaries that are, or guys that are about to be missionaries or they just signed their year, uh, a lot of times one of their questions will be like, what was the hardest thing for you? Mm-hmm. And I think objectively <laughs> it is living with two other people. Yeah. Um, because I've, I've tried to explain this to my college friends and I found one way that really breaks through them what it's like to, to be living with someone in a missionary state like this. And I tell them, so imagine like, okay, let, let me restart here. So essentially th- this often arises when they're like, when they start complaining about a roommate, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And they're like, oh, this roommate sucks. Oh, it's so horrible. It's a nightmare. This, this, and that. And in my head, I'm like, but you only have to spend like, I don't know, an hour where you actually, a day where you actually see them. You might not even talk to them and you just sleep in the same place. I understand it's difficult. I don't want to belittle their problems, but uh, sometimes I'm just like, man, just imagine that that roommate had every single class with you, every single social event with you, (laughs) and just everywhere you went, you were breathing the same air as these guys. That's what it was like during the year. And um, don't get me wrong, I absolutely love the four guys that I was with. Um... But there was, there were some struggles. There was definitely a lot of fights. Yeah. And the funny thing is, my first year, <clears throat> I I fought with the missionaries a lot more. And I what I realized was is, that that was a, a lot of the time my fault. Because, I wasn't. Um, mm, a lot of it was definitely pride. Yeah. Um, but I. It's 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 difficult to describe, but essentially, you know, when you're living with someone like that, you get so worked up over the smallest things. And when it came to the end of the year, I was looking at Fabian um, as as we were doing our la- serving our last mass together. And I was like, man, I have spent so much time arguing with this guy and I love him to pieces. Yeah, I was just like, wow, all that time I wasted. That really sucks. Um, luckily we, we were still going to have a week together, uh, before we left to just have fun and and do a little trip, but it, it definitely, uh, shaped me and, and formed me a lot in my life and affects the way how I treat, not just the people that I live with, um, but also all those around me. And essentially the the reason why I think it has such a uh, profound effect is because, it's just it just teaches you it's like a conflict resolution course on steroids hmm. uh, because <laughs> you either resolve it or you're gonna have a lot of issues yeah yeah that being said um shout out to fabian i I probably argued with him more than anybody any other missionary is with I love him to pieces I'm gonna be visiting him this next summer and I miss him um that's the funny thing, you know. You get so close to the guys that you want to rip their heads off during the year. Yeah, no, and it's it's crazy. There's there's so many there's so many different sorts of that happening. Like, like do do you remember the uh the that one fan at Sacred Heart? The oh the fan oh. the dorm room the fan exactly the <laughs> fan the fan. It was it was a matter of life and death, you know. And so this other missionary, uh, he he was a missionary a long time ago from that worked up here in D.C. and he told us the story of. You know, there was the one guy that he always fought with over that fan at night, and they would always be fighting and fighting and fighting, and this guy was telling us that. He was like, man, I can't imagine going with this guy. And of course, they get sent together to D.C. 
you can just imagine what that must have been like. And at the end, they get they get so close that this guy asks him, asks the other guy to to be his best man at his at his wedding. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, deep. yeah. It's deep. Sorry, no. I was saying, I've I've, <clears throat> I've heard parts of that story. That that is, uh, I didn't know about the best man part. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's cool. For and sure. for for um, for reference for anybody that does not know about the accursed fan. Essentially, at Sacred Heart, <laughs> when you're trained to be a missionary for those six weeks, you are in a large room with like twenty beds, and you all just sleep in that room. There's one giant, very loud fan. Um, some people are cold at night. Some people are hot at night. Some of those people are on one side. Some of those people are on the other side. And there's just always these massive arguments <laughs> about where the fan should face. Yeah. And, uh, it, it gets pretty cutthroat. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, we would, we would, yeah, we, it was the same with us. It's funny how it just never changes. <laughs> and have, and that's the funny wars. thing too, because the the year inspires these these types of situations um it just kind of like pull unearths them and makes you makes you work on so many things yeah because during this training course i mean you don't ha- you get your phone for 2 hours a week you don't have any electronics you're just all there taking classes um about how to be a a better missionary essentially and like apologetics and stuff and doing all this praying and all this working out and it is, it's a lot of fun, but at the same time, um, you're kind of, I, I don't know what the, what the saying is. Oh, I'm not going to say the saying if I don't know what it is, but <laughs> essentially it, it leads to these situations where you want to argue over the dumbest thing. Cause you, you don't have anything better to do yeah, yeah. <laughs> with your free time. Cause you don't have a phone. Yeah. No, it's funny. It's funny. Cause that's it. That was literally, literally the entire summer with. With me and uh, and Ian, <laughs> he's in a. Oh, in, in, with you and Ian? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, I would not have. It's uh, it's, it's funny because um, since the beginning, so you know how we we did our like those personality tests. Uh-huh. So we actually got the same personality. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, ever since then, we would just come up with this most stupid thing on the planet, and argue about it, and it would get to the point where people were like. At the end, where they're like, "Yes, finally, the summer course is over, so I don't have to hear them fighting all the time." <laughs> but anyway, it was it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> it was our entertainment. Are y'all are good now. No, it it was never personal. It was our it was our form of entertainment. <laughs> oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah, I I knew you two were gonna get along. Um, <laughs> instantly, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I actually had a really, I I had a, you know. There was. I don't know if I should name names, but there were there were two guys that I argued with a ton during my training course. One was because um, you get these like I don't know what the, I think they're like supposed to be desks or like these mini like closet uh, closet oh yeah yeah things yeah the rectangles to put your stuff yeah. in and you gotta you gotta share that with someone oh you had to share that you guys didn't have to share them no oh my gosh anyways. Um, we had to share these things and they're not like equally proportioned. Like there's three drawers and there's one thing that opens up. Like there's, there's not a way to fairly, to like exactly divide it by two. Yeah. 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 So, um, that caused a, a lot of, uh, 
a lot of problems with this person. The only time I wasn't fighting with this person was when I was fighting with um, another guy named John Gleason. Um, and I don't know what it was. I we just we just argued for no reason. It was the silliest thing. And the whole reason why I bring this up and go into it is because I want to show the stupidity of these arguments and what happens when you don't give teenagers their phones. <laughs> In, like, a 15-minute break in between classes where I generally, like, needed to de-stress because it's later in the day, I decided to spend this time getting genuinely worked up about fighting with John, whether if an elephant makes a piece of art, whether it's actually to be considered art or not, because that it doesn't have, like, a viable conscience that can really think and know what it's writing, what it's making on the paper. I don't even remember what position I was holding. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But no, at the end, you're, you're appreciative, for sure, of, of everything. Literally, Absolutely. Literally everything. And, and, and you grow from these experiences, too, because uh, there there, we had all these, like, futile arguments for no reason. And then, um, you know, we, we weren't super close by the end of it. But then in, at Ignition, um, I had to wake up at, like, 6 a.m., to go pick up some of the airport and I was really mad about it. I was just like, man, like I haven't gotten any sleep. This is, I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not going to be rested for ignition. And this guy didn't know that, but he just said, Hey, like I'll, I'll, um, I'll go with you. So you don't have to drive alone. Hmm. And I was like, what, why would you do that? And he was like, well, that's not fair that you have to go alone. I was like, you don't have to do that for me, man. And he was like, no, I want to. And we had an awesome time. And he just made this this crazy sacrifice yeah. just so I wouldn't have to drive alone. Wow. So it's crazy. You have all these you you have this hard time like getting along with some of these guys, but no matter what, they end up being your best friends yeah. and being there for you. Wow. That's awesome. Actually, that was, that was what I was gonna ask next because you you mentioned the growth. So what was I guess wrapping up, what what was what was the area that you you grew in the most, and and why would you recommend the the Regnum Christi Mission Corps program to to somebody else? Ooh, that's a loaded question. Um, where did I grow in the most? I feel like for one, obviously my faith, because I was finally given the tools to do so. Um, and I. I wouldn't be able to to talk with God in any way, shape, or form like I am now had it not been for that experience. <clears throat> um, man, where did I grow the most? I feel like we've kind of been talking about it. Yeah, that's true. Just uh, this this whole conflict resolution and just learning to to live with people. And I feel like a big part of that was something that actually really helped towards uh, <clears throat> what I plan on studying for the rest of my life and practicing, which is psychology. Um, it really taught me to objectively look at people and and take away what my feelings and just think, why is this person doing this? And why do they, why do they want what they want? Mm. And answering those two questions as unbiased as I could is what helped me how to, uh, is what helped me to get along with everybody and be able to have that conflict resolution. Because it seemed like behind all these dumb arguments, 
Well, okay, except for the the elephant and the painting, that was that was inherently dumb. There's no fixing that. <clears throat> but when you're living with these guys, um, and you have all these these little these little scuffles, behind all those arguments, there were two people that wanted the best thing for everyone there, especially one another. Mm. And when you can find the reason why, what that person is looking for, and the way they're trying to do it. Even though they they aren't trying to find the the good that you're looking for in the same way, you can come to love them because you know they are searching for the best. That was very vague, but um, yeah, essentially, I just I just learned that everybody's trying to to do good. They're trying to do wh- whether it's what's good for themselves or those around them. There's something to be appreciated in the fact that. We're not evil humans, you know? Just because you don't get along with someone doesn't mean that they're evil. And it's super important to see why they're doing what they are and love them anyways. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, then. Well, thank you very much for for your time. This This has been great, for sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. Um... I was really excited when you when you asked me about this, just because <clears throat> any sort of, of time where I get to reminisce about the year and kind of talk about what happened is always just an amazing time. Yeah, no, for sure. Even even with this, I'd awesome just just being able to talk about it and being able to kind of put it all together. It's it's great, and just being able to look back at all the things that you know I've only been able to do in literally less than a month and a half, but it's. It's awesome. Yeah, man. Actually, I gotta ask you, what have what have you done so far? Like, well, what what has the ministry been like? <laughs> um, well, yeah, we we run a couple clubs. Um, I I talked about it a little earlier, but but yeah, we we have our clubs. We have our our campouts that we're running. Um, a lot of stuff with the kids, but it's it's been awesome. Just because the more time that's been passing, it's the closer that we're starting to get to the people that we're working with and. And we're starting to see those those fruits, you know, and people are so, so happy to see us. And it's like, we don't even know these people, yet they're so able to accept us into their home and, and give us an amazing meal and just tell us how excited they are to meet us. And so it's it's amazing. And then on top of that, all all of the all of the spiritual growth, you know, it's exactly like you said, like the, the meditation, the masses, the the you know, working with the other missionaries, working with the consecrated and all the other priests here, it's it's profound, you know. I, I I don't even know if I can put it into words yet, um, <laughs> but it's 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 deep. I don't know if I have, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's deep and it's it's worth it. Um, yeah. Wow. And have you? What's been your experience with the with the families in DC so far? The community is is great. I mean, it's probably it's it's really unexpected, but there's a really solid and strong Catholic community here. You know what I mean? The majority of the people here are, are very, very good people. And they've been they've been just so so anxious to kind of get started the same way as us. So we're we kind of hit the ground running. Um Yeah, but everyone is so welcoming, so open and they and they and they wanna listen, you know, they wanna they wanna hear our stories and then they wanna tell us their stories and they, they wanna make that connection, you know. Wow, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, and it, it was funny. Literally, literally today, after one of our clubs, we were we were talking about it. We were like, "Wow, this is literally our third week of doing our clubs. How is this going to be after an entire year with these kids?" We were like, "It's going to be tough saying goodbye to them." You know, we're already 
we're already really close with them, so it's it's gonna be hard walking away from it. Oh my goodness, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. Well, all right then. Thanks again, Jose. We gotta we gotta talk again soon. All that stuff. For sure, man. I'll I'll hit you up. All right then. All right. You have a good one, man. God bless. You too. You too. Thanks. See ya. So thanks for listening. This has been the first episode of Where You Want Me. Stay tuned for what's coming next. I'm really excited for the next things that, that I'll be talking about. You know, we have some crazy, crazy events coming up. And and yeah, you know, like I said before, I'm, I'm excited. I'm happy with, with the way everything's been going. Um, as always, if you have any prayer intentions or anything anything I can do for you, just reach out and, and let me know. But for now, stay tuned and thank you.